Hi and welcome to Squaring the Circle, a podcast about how business owners in the creative industry balance the art and the business. On today's episode of Squaring the Circle, I'm delighted to introduce freelance writer Dawn Gibson Fawcett. We have a great chat about the difference between working in or on your business, the value of saying no, and we discuss how much time you should really dedicate to business development. I'm your host, Benjamin Bowles from Benjamin Film and Photography, and welcome to Squaring the Circle. Dawn, thank you so much for joining me on Squaring the Circle. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Ben, and it's good to be here. Excellent. So where do we find you? Because you you gallivant all over the shop, don't you? So where are you working from um, as we speak? Uh, I'm working from Cairo in Egypt as we speak, where it's a balmy 28 degrees Celsius this afternoon. So quite enjoying what's actually quite cool weather for uh, Cairo. Sounds perfect. 28 degrees. Lovely. You're not sitting here um, to talk about the weather. Um, I, uh, yeah. I gave you an email. We've, uh, we met through networking, actually, didn't we? Um, and I thought yes. it'd be really, really interesting to get your perspective on being a freelance writer. So um, once again, thanks for joining me. And so the, the first question is how, as a freelance writer, how difficult you find it um, balancing the, the art, so the, so the writing side and, and building and sustaining a business? Quite difficult because they both require different types of skill sets. So you get into this because you're good at writing and you think, okay, I can write for a living and therefore I should be able to build a business on that. But then you realise that there's a lot of aspects of running a business that are nothing to do with writing, Um, marketing yourself, the sales aspect of it, knowing how to price it properly, uh, knowing how to manage your time so that you're spending enough time getting the administration and things done, but also enough time on the creative side. So I think it is a big balancing act and that it takes some time to get used to and to work out what works for you. And I think most creative people probably go through the same uh, issues regardless of what type of creative business they're in yeah totally agree with that yeah so so with your business as it stands at the moment because you've been writing for a number of years haven't you yes i've been uh writing for uh, just over 20 years because i started off um as a newspaper journalist in australia in the 1990s and uh i've worked as a magazine editor in the middle east and now i've been running my own business uh, as a writer for seven years. And so the so you've been writing for 20 years, self-employed or running your own business for seven. Um, so how is that, how does that change the dynamic? Because you're still doing essentially the same thing, but obviously um, running your own business is far more involved. So would is it was it quite a good grounding, I suppose, literally writing for a living um, and, and not having to worry about the business side? Well, I think it teaches you working for someone else, you teach, you get taught your craft and the ways of different ways of writing. And so you build up your expertise on the creative side of things. Uh, and then when you go into business for yourself, you need to build up your expertise uh, surrounding that on various other things you might not have considered like the um, we just before we came on air you mentioned that um 
for the first time ever you've done a profit and loss sheet so all, all that kind of stuff isn't it <laughs> exactly yes i've never done a profit and loss sheet before in my life but i've just done one recently and it was actually quite i, I was a bit the funny thing about it then was I got quite nerdy about it. I was like, oh, this is quite exciting. Ooh, look what you can see here. Oh, this is what happens when the phone um, costs for the month go extra, you know. Oh, and you can, yeah, it was completely different for me because I'm so used to dealing with words, not numbers. Yeah, yeah. Because, again, just before we, we, um, we pressed record on the Zoom call, we were mentioning business coaching, weren't we, in Julian Weeks. Um, that who, who you see and I've also seen as well. Um, and we had a similar kind of experience in terms of the things that he was saying, and it would be great if you, we could explore this for a few minutes. The things he was saying was probably very simple um, for people that have um, you know, maybe been in business for a huge amount of years or, or no business inside out. But just, just really simple things he was saying made perfect sense and totally transformed the way I looked at my business actually. And, and you, you've gone slightly further. I've had a couple of sessions with him. You do um, sort of a monthly group with him. Has that been beneficial um, for your business and how you look at your actual uh, the day-to-day -day running of the business? Exactly. Like you just said, Ben, it, has, it changed the way I, I saw um, how my business was or, or what it meant. Uh, basically, I've just finished a year um, with Julian in his group called Business Club, which is a small uh, group business mentoring sessions. Um, so it's like having a business coach, but not one-to-one. -one, so it's a little bit more cost efficient, um, but there's only a few of you in the room. So you still get lots of um, personal attention. But anyway, one of the concepts that he first discussed that really changed my view is the concept of working in your business as opposed to on your business, which, like you said, some of the people that are very well versed in business listening to this may be quite aware of it, but I'd never really thought about it before. And he illustrated it with an image of a ship. And in the furnace house, down in the engines is the guy shoveling the coal in on an old steamship, and he's working in the business. And that's what you're doing when you're doing the day-to-day -day work. In my case, the writing, the getting the reports filed. In your case, um, the photography, you're going to the wedding or you're going um, to an event. The on the business is the captain who's on standing on the deck of the ship. And he's the person steering the business because he's got the wider view of where you're going and if there's any icebergs coming up. And he made me aware of how important it was to spend time doing that on the business work as well. We often get so caught up in working in the business that we can't actually see what direction we, we're trying to get into. We simply just keep working. And that very much resonated with me. Yeah, yeah. But then it also comes down to, well, so there's two strands of this. So talking about working in or on, do you, is your sort of long-term goal then? Because if you started um, as uh, you know, a self-employed person, and I know that you've recently taken on some people, so is it is your long-term goal to build the business so you can constantly be working on the business rather than in, or do you really enjoy still working in, 
in on in on still working in um but just want to sort of maybe branch out slightly what what's the what's the aim for you i think eventually i want to be working more on the business and just dipping to the end to do a few bits and pieces that i really enjoy doing uh, i'll never stop writing which is what i've you know i started off to the, the reason the business is there but i actually do enjoy the strategy of it and i enjoy the sense of growing something bigger and i do want to spend more time um looking at that sort of direction as opposed to making sure i've got everything filed and written at a certain word count for friday deadlines 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 yeah deadlines <laughs> um yeah that's that's interesting so the so which brings which brings me to the second part is um still keeping with the in and the on analogy um that julian was talking about time management then because if you're because a lot of people listening to this may may not be outsourcing too much they may be you know one person band that just uh, aware of many hats like lots of uh, lots of us are time management is obviously really really crucial how how do you sort of portion your time in terms of working in the business or on the business because i think people listening that is such a difficult balancing act because if you're constantly working you're constantly in my case shooting you're not marketing if you're constantly marketing there's obviously a lag time so between the marketing and actually getting business in so how do you um yeah how do you, what's your strategy i suppose what's your strategy for time management uh well it's it's a work in progress <laughs> as i imagine most people's are um i have a couple of, of ways of managing it my first is that i make sure that uh i have a list at the end of every day for what i'm going to be doing the day after so that i don't get up going oh, what am i doing today i already know before i flip the computer off in the evening what tomorrow will bring and what's going to be done in what order so that i don't have to kind of have that paralysis of decision making that you kind of sit there with your coffee and go oh, i don't know what i should be doing first so that's one thing. Um, the second thing about managing the sales and marketing and things, and I agree it can be quite difficult, but I have a, a rough guide to how much time a week I should be spending on those activities. And I have certain times of the week that I delegate to those activities. Now, it's not in stone because obviously if a big client project comes up on a Thursday and I delegated that to working on business development, then clearly business development won't happen in that slot. But it generally gives me an idea of how much I should be doing on those aspects of my business. And if it doesn't happen for a few weeks because of um, core business, then I've got to pick up the slack at some time when it's a bit quieter. Okay. And in an ideal world, then, if on a Monday uh, morning when you start um, to a Friday or Saturday, whenever you finish, what is that percentage roughly of, of business development or strategy? Uh, I'd say it's probably about three to five hours a week. So um, not sure how that would work as a percentage because, you know, there's all admin and things as well. Uh, I'd say coming up to about a quarter. Okay. 
it's where the line is as well because if you're um you know if you're responding to emails or you're trying to give the best say customer service to a current client that is also sort of business development in itself because you know you can get repeat work that way as well so they, they it's sort of a it's a gray area isn't it business development but um yes exactly like where, where what some activities can fall into several areas if you sit down and think about them so yeah catching up with emails is also business development sometimes and then sometimes it's just catching up with emails yes yeah so going back to the writing side of things you've been writing for 20 years and well again two-part question so apologies for that but the first part is do you still enjoy it very much so okay. and that's yeah I've, i i feel uh it's a bit like when people I kind of get that thing when people ask musicians and things why they do what they do and they say because I've always just done this I've had to do it and I've always been the same with writing I've just you know wrote um, compulsively since I was very young and always had to have writing material to write things if so and the fact that someone put me onto the concept one day that you could actually do that and pay people would pay you for it well you know, then it was quite clear to me what I needed to do to work. Yes, yeah. And so the second part, if you still enjoy it, uh, in fact, there might be a third part to this, but the second part <laughs> to it is that, so the, so the slightly more commercial or corporate work that you do, um, and the equivalent from, in my industry, would be, I suppose, a corporate promo film or however you want to term it, or headshots or anything like that, is... Um, potentially creatively it's not the most fulfilling um, but you can still get some enjoyment out of it while certain people can now does writing for clients that potentially you wouldn't choose to write about the subject um, does that still scratch that creative itch is, is that enough for you in terms of getting that fulfillment and getting that enjoyment yes because uh, it's another itch is because of, on the journalism side of me I've always been just very curious and I love research and a lot of the stuff I do for corporate clients requires a lot of research. I might be say um, a, a current one um, considering the petrol situation, uh, doing a white paper on how far away the UK is from its next nuclear reactor and what are the contenders um, and I find honestly researching something like that really really interesting okay okay so that's where the that's where the enjoyment comes from and then obviously the the output the creative process of writing is enough in that way um okay i i've completely i'm going to go off piece slightly because something that you just said there has um pricked another question and that's to do with and it's something you mentioned at the very start of the interview in terms of being self-employed and in terms of pricing which is something that or charging for your work which is something that i don't think you ever get um well, again it's not a black and white issue is it but you mentioned that you do lots of research for clients and i so i presume that you would cost that in because it takes a lot of time now nowadays is it getting more and more difficult to get over that value to clients um, and potentially charge more because of that research you do um, most creative industries are being squeezed, aren't they, because of technology and things like that. So how do you go about that 
ensuring that clients know what value that you're bringing to the project? I think that's a really, really good question and a very difficult area for all creatives. And I find it very difficult to talk money, um, but I forced myself to over the years because let's face it, you need to get paid. Um, what I would say is that it's about proving that uh, you are adding that value and it's worth it. And that can be quite difficult um, because in a quite rightly in the in, what, in the example you've just given, if a project requires a lot of research, um, say a day or two uh, of research before you put pen to paper, um, convincing a client that it's worth paying for that can be very difficult if you haven't worked for them before. Um, so what I found does work is the proof is in the pudding. Um, clients that I work with, I show the type of stuff in my portfolio that they're looking for. And I explain, you know, in granular detail, if need be, this is how long it takes me to research something like that. This is how long it takes to write, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that is what you're paying for. And that won't work for everyone. Um, but I found that the clients, uh, you know, on that level of things, people don't want a content mill. They wouldn't be coming to you otherwise. Um, and they'll get what they pay for. So they could say, no, that's far too expensive and try and get it at half the price on a, um, platform on, on the internet and they'll probably be tearing their hair out in a few weeks because they can't find someone that understands the, the subject matter well enough and will do it for that price. Yeah, absolutely. It's a false economy, isn't it? So do you do you ever budge on price? If, if, I, if, if, if for instance, if it's a project that you can really you can really see yourself getting into, the research is going to be fun, you know it you know, in your mind's eye, or as soon as that project is mentioned, you sort of get excited about ideas and things like that. Are you, and, and the client maybe comes back to you and says, you know, we love this dorm, but this is our budget. How, how strict are you with, with charging or budgeting? Uh, within reason, I take each, um, you know, I, I will consider things such as, if a client's a charity, if they're a small business as opposed to a large corporate, how much can they afford? Um, and yeah, if, I, if it's something that I'd really enjoy or that I can see um, a bigger picture in terms of the work that I'm doing. Um, however, I, I do feel if I could talk in relation to people that are starting out as freelance writers, uh, one of the biggest traps is the, the deadly old exposure or will give you lots of work after this. Do not ever agree a price on something on the basis like, okay, this is really bad price, but they're going to give me more, more work. So it will work out in the end. The other work will either not materialise or it will materialise at the very low rate you've just agreed to because now they know you, you're prepared to work for that price. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, when I teach workshops to young people um, that want to get into freelance photography or any creative industry, the my first sort of slide is is work for free, but there is a caveat to that because obviously at the very start you need to build a portfolio, but if you are working for free, 
um, there need, it needs to be a transaction in terms of you need to gain some value from it. And, a, and if you go to someone, that's, uh, if you go to a client and explain your situation, you can come to some agreement. That's totally different to someone coming to you and saying, I love your work, but our budget is XXX. That's yeah. a totally different power dynamic then. Oh, I totally agree, Ben. I really, I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there, when people are in a creative industry, the industry where people really want to be there, they enjoy their work, and a lot of people want to get into that industry. And so there's obviously, there's always going to be people who are going to take advantage of that and try and get um, a race to the bottom of the barrel for a service. Do you think that's what it is? Do you think that's the main reason why the creative industry as a whole, people find it acceptable that it's just the done thing that lots of work gets done for free? Do you think that's what it is? Because so it's such a, people want to do it so much that they are, they're happy, well, maybe not happy, but it's um, at the start, they were just expected to work for free and just people will take advantage. Do you think that's the main reason? I think that and the fact that there's far more people in the industry than there is jobs. So um, at, at the lower ends of the industry, everyone's scrabbling. Um, that's why you get, you know, you get content mills on online that I've seen that they're offering people something like $5 to, to write a thousand words and things like that. And I'm just thinking, what, <laughs> what on earth would you get for $5? The mind boggles. Well, you'd get five dollars worth, which wouldn't be too much. <laughs> no, but right, and if, if it's a thousand words, what do they do? You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, unless it was something that you knew the subject off by heart, how on earth could could you do that? Was there a moment in your career, whether it's doing your um, journalism or or your seven or your past seven years doing the freelancing? Was there a breakthrough moment where you thought, right, here we go, the tipping point has been reached now. The, it's, it's all downhill from now. Mm, um, no, not in particular, but there was one point where I realized that it was a going thing that would continue. And that was at the start of COVID where I had to make the decision. I, at that point, uh, one of my, biggest clients was uh, in the travel industry and specifically to do with airline magazines and I was um, had a quite a good gig with uh, proofing uh, the magazines for airlines and anyway of course COVID happened and so no one was flying anywhere and I realized it was at, at that point that I either had to kind of continue on with my business and just see what happens and put some faith that something will come up to cover this hole or that was the point that I folded and just went okay yep this isn't working and I decided to keep going and it only took a matter of months um, before I found enough work to fill that hole but there was certainly a few months of thinking oh no this is just yeah maybe this was a bad idea maybe you know this is a sign that it's really not not a good time for a small business but yeah i'm glad i persevered isn't that amazing though that the fact that it was very much a, a sliding doors moment to a certain extent isn't it the fact that covid happened 
and the very fact that that did happen has now given you the confidence well if i can if my business can survive and thrive in a pandemic well i think i think there's there's legs in this i think i'm going to be okay so that's a great attitude to have i suppose oh thank you yeah i think i think i I've, talking to other business owners um in in networking and things i think there was a lot of that um both with people starting their own businesses at that point because they figured well i haven't got anything to lose might as well give it a go and other people that have been in business thinking yeah well if i've survived the last 12 months i think i can i can keep going and yes it has been quite powerful for um self-belief good stuff good stuff all right Dawg. well thank you for your time it's been um it's what's what's the time in cairo by the way well just an hour's difference oh. uh, so we're at quarter past three right now well, that's not very dramatic, is it? So, um, we'll no, probably, I'm afraid not. <laughs> we'll probably cut that one out of the podcast, but <laughs> um, I can make it different if you like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so we'll come, we'll come to the fi final three questions. So, the first one is how do you define success and what does it look like for you and your business? Um, defining success to me is getting up on a Monday going, yay it's Monday. What have I got to do this week? And I enjoy every single day that I work. I certainly get to the end of the week and I want a bit of time off and relax and sit around the pool and do nothing very much. But the fact that I enjoy every day and feel challenged and um, stimulated, that is why I went into business. That sounds pretty um, successful to me. So thank you for that. Um, and I think that the, the, all the creative people, um, actually, no, I'm going to rephrase that, people in the creative industry, because you're not a creative person or not. Um, so I will rephrase that. But yeah, all the people um, in creative industries will absolutely, well, hopefully, if they've got a nice business, um, they will resonate with that. And they'll think, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what we all do it for, isn't it? It's not 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 necessarily the balance sheet or the profit and loss sheet in your terms. It's not getting that horrible feeling in the pit of your stomach on a Sunday evening. That's that's uh, that to me is successful. Um, OK, and so um, next question. So for your chosen profession, Dom, what is the book, um, but I'm also going to widen it out to or any resource that has had the biggest impact on you? Um, it is joining a business networking group uh, two years ago. I'd never done any kind of business networking at all in the past, apart from going to the occasional cocktail party or whatever. And um, it has made a huge difference, not just in terms of the amount of business I knew clients I've won, but just simply getting different perspectives from people in very different industries than me that, you know, I learn an awful lot about what's going on in, and it's often very useful information. I started probably six months after you, but just at the start of COVID, um, and it's totally transformed the way I look at business and, um, and marketing in general really so yeah I would absolutely second that um, just before the, the last question Dawn um, where can people find you on social media I know we've obviously connected on LinkedIn um, where's the best place people can find you um, well probably on on LinkedIn uh, there's you know I've got the Dawn Creative Media um, business page as well as me personally, but also on Facebook, there's a Dawn Creative Media page. 
Um, so last question, I hope it hasn't been too painful for you, Dawn. And also a quick, just so the people know, um, Dawn thought she was coming onto the call for a planning meeting for the podcast. And then about five minutes in, I said, so are you ready to go? Um, and uh, yeah, Dawn was very shocked. But like the, the true trooper that she is, she said, oh, let's just get on with it. I'll overthink it otherwise. So thank you. All your answers have been amazing. Um, so thank you for doing it today rather than thank a couple you. of weeks. <laughs> no worries. Might as well. Oh, I should add on the last one. I'm also on Instagram as uh, Dawn Creative Me. Perfect. Last question, Dawn. In one sentence, what one piece of advice would you give a person starting in your industry tomorrow? I would say value yourself and don't be afraid to say no if a job doesn't sound right. Amazing, amazing. The value of saying no. Yeah, that's something at the, at the very start that's very difficult to do, isn't it? It is. You, you kind of feel that you have to take on everything because you need work. So you'd rather, you know, oh, goodness, if, if I've got nothing on next Tuesday and this man's offering me some writing work, then I should take it. But what tends to happen, you take bad work and, and poorly paid work or for the wrong people, that's taking up time that you could be looking for good clients who value you and pay you properly. So it's not, it's not a winning situation in the long run. No, but how difficult is it to say no? Pretty difficult, isn't it, at the start? Extremely difficult. It, it does get, you have to get to a position where you do start to value yourself when you have some good clients and it starts to make you realise that your work is worthwhile and that helps. Brilliant. Dawn, thank you so much for spending time with me today. And I think anybody who's listened today um, would have gained a huge amount of value um, about not only just being uh, a writer, but also anybody. Um, that's thinking about or just starting out or even seven years down the line like you um, out in business so thank you so much thank you very much for having me there really enjoyed myself thank you for the great questions it wouldn't be a podcast if i didn't give you a call to action so it would be amazing if you could subscribe and also spread the word all social media links and details of the podcast are in the show notes have a nice one and i'll see you next time for another episode squaring the circle.